Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. It's the last Tuesday chapel of the fall term. Congratulate the person next to you for making it happen. And in the process of the last 10 weeks, oh, I have a story to tell you. I'll, I'll tell you another time. I, I got an email today from an online student who watches the chapel services every Friday. And he said that the 41 people that work for him can tell a difference in his life. He is being transformed into Christ-likeness. <clears throat> and so he'll see me say that too. That's for you, Desmond. Um, we have a special guest this evening. Her name is uh, Cindy Slaymaker. She is a pastor of the Cottage Grove Oregon Church of the Nazarene. She graduated from Nazarene Bible College in 1998. Would you welcome her? Uh, Cindy will tell you that your being here is just exactly where you need to be. And if you have any questions about uh, her ministry later on, I know she'll be glad to talk to you. The Lord has taken her on quite a journey from where she was when she was here until to the ministry that she's a part of today in Cottage Grove. Found out that she was going to be in the neighborhood, uh, Denver being the neighborhood, and I asked her to, at, we exchanged emails and, and made this happen. So she's going to minister to us in a little bit. I want to start with a song about grace. It's an old song with a different uh, with a different feel, different melody. I think you've probably sung it in church a few times. Two, three, four. Thank you, Father, for making that a reality. We couldn't do it on our own. You are doing it in us and for us and through us. We give you praise. We give you praise for your lifting grace, for the witness of your presence, for the way that you continue to guide and shape and, and make us like you. We are being transformed into your likeness. We give you praise and help us to hear from you as we continue this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Tall people always have tall microphones. John Stelting, hello. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I wasn't prepared for the wave of emotions that just flooded over me. And if I can get through this without crying, it will be a blessing to you and me. But I have to tell you that, that when I stepped um, into, into um, the chapel, I remembered that this is holy ground. I was here from 94 to 98. And I need to tell you that what happens here in preparation for ministry is what you need to go into ministry. I left here with a bachelor's degree and all of the excitement I could muster. And I still have all of the excitement that I had when I left here in 98. I, I just want to affirm your call 
And if God's called you, and that you know that he has, or you wouldn't be here. He's called you. He's already got someplace amazing for you to serve. You're already serving in your studies, in where you're serving perhaps in some local churches here. But, but he's working in you here and now what he needs to work in you here and now for when you get there. And there isn't going to look anything like you think it's going to. Not at all. <laughs> I, before I came to Colorado Springs, I had attended one Nazarene church in my whole life. I'd been a member there for many years. I had 1,200 people in there. Went to Springs first. Ooh, lots of people there too. Took an associate's position when I left here in St. Louis. Multi-staff school from six weeks through high school. Big, big one. And then the Lord moved me to Cottage Grove, Oregon. Eleven people. Eleven. There's more than that now. Hallelujah. What, what a journey you're on. I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story about a, about a rag man. Are we getting double feedback when I stand in front of this? Well, if you tell me how to do this one, I'll do it. Well, the little red button under the thing. Hey, there I go. So let me hook it back on. Don't watch. Okay, you didn't watch, did you? At that little church in Cottage Grove, my husband is my sound man. Just a minute, let me tuck that in there. Because that cord on a tall person would hang to their knees on me, it would trip me. <clears throat> so, I want to tell you a story. I want you to kind of, kind of look at your little rag that you got when you came in. To hang on to that. I want you to kind of look at that rag and see if you can picture your profile in that rag, in those little dots in that rag. I want you to see if you can see yourself in there. And then listen to my story. Really be quiet and kind of settle down and listen to my story because it's going to take you somewhere amazing. Hush, hush now. Listen, listen to my story. Oh, it was years ago. Mm, early on a Friday morning. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I, I'd been awake all night. I don't know what was restless in my spirit, but something was. And so I got up, and I was going to go outside for a breath of fresh air, and I, I thought I saw something, and somebody out, just out past my house on the other side of the alley, and, and I began to follow him to see what was going on. And sure enough, there was a man out there walking down the alley behind my house, and he, he was pulling a cart. And he, and he was calling out. He was saying, rags, rags, new rags for old. What? What is this man doing? And I began to follow him. He was, oh, maybe six foot four and, and, and strong and, 
and, and his arms, they were, they looked like, like maybe tree limbs. And he was, he was pulling this cart and he, he was calling out loud. He was saying, rags, rags, new rags for old. I began to follow him. I was enthralled with what this man might be doing out in the alley behind my house. I watched him as he came upon a, another house just down the street and there was a woman sitting on the back porch, her knees on her elbows. She had a handkerchief over her face and she was sobbing like her heart was broken. Her, her knees and elbows made in a sad X and her shoulders were shaking. And the ragman stopped and he walked over to her and, and he looked in his cart and he reached inside and he took out a, a, a new handkerchief, a linen cloth so clean and new that it shined. And he walked to her and he said, give me your rag and I'll give you mine. He slipped that, that handkerchief from her face and she gazed from him to the new cloth to the old rag that he put over his face and he began to, to continue to pull, pull that cart, crying out in his strong voice, rags, rags, new rags for old. And I could see that the, the sky was beginning to lighten up just a little bit on the other side of the rooftops. And I continued to follow him, this sobbing, strong, intelligent ragman. Certainly there was something else he could do besides pull an old cart down the alleys of the city. Rags, I take your rags. He walked until he saw a little girl, a little girl who shouldn't be outside that early in the morning, sitting on the curb, sobbing and shaking. Around her head was a, was a bandage, soaked in blood. There was a single line of blood trickling down her face. And the ragman stopped his cart, and he went to her and looked at her with great compassion in his eyes and went back to the cart and pulled out a soft, fuzzy, warm, pink stocking cap. And he walked to her and he slipped off that bandage off of her head and wrapped it around his own. And can you believe what happened next against his brow? It began to bleed darker, more substantial blood. Another line of blood ran down his face. He walked to her and he traced a line down her cheek and the blood stopped. He put that soft, pink, fuzzy stocking cap on her forehead and he began to walk sobbing and bleeding and pulling his cart. He came across a man leaning against a telephone pole. Are you going to work? The man ignored him. Are you going to work? Are you kidding? Sneered the man as he pulled away from the pole, showing that his right sleeve was stuffed in his pocket. He had no arm. The rag man said, so, take off your jacket, and he did, 
And as he did, can you believe what happened next? The one armed man took off his jacket, and so did the ragman. And when the one armed man put on the ragman's jacket, do you know what happened? There were two good arms in that sleeve, strong like tree limbs. The ragman had one arm. Go to work, he said. Then I had to run to keep up with the, with the ragman, though he was, he was stumbling, exhausted, old, bleeding, sobbing. And the, and the sun was high in the sky, and it hurt my eyes now. But I couldn't stop following him, perhaps to know what drove him so. The ragman came upon a drunk, passed out in the gutter, laying underneath a stinky, smelling, sour army blanket. The ragman walked to the drunk and reached down and picked up the army blanket and wrapped it around himself. But for the ragman, he left new clothes. The ragman began to speed up faster and faster. I could hardly keep up with him, but I couldn't stop following him. I was like a child on a treasure hunt, and I followed him to the edge of the city limits. And then I stopped and watched where he was going. I wanted to understand what was happening to him. He continued, and I followed, and he came to a landfill. The ragman came to a landfill, a garbage dump. He had to kick his way through, through garbage and, and diapers and, and tin cans and everything that no one wants and no one needs. He had to make his way through it. And he climbed up a hill, a small hill. And as he got to the top, Oh, I wanted to help him. Whatever it was he was going to do, I wanted to help him, but I was afraid. And, and so I hid. I, I slumped back in a, in a junk car and, and watched him as he cleared that spot. And he folded up the blanket and the jacket and the handkerchief, and he laid down. He reached down with that blanket, and he covered himself with it. And he died. I watched to see if he was breathing, but he was, he died. He died. I slumped in that junk car, and I began to weep and to wail as if I had no hope. I didn't know what attracted me to the ragman, but I followed him. And I left him. And I sobbed, and I sobbed, and I sobbed through Friday night, and I sobbed through Saturday, and I slept, and I awoke on Sunday morning. Light, pure, hard, demanding light slammed into my sorrowing face, and I got up, and I looked, <coughs> and there, there on the hill, there stood the ragman, folding that army blanket 
a scar on his forehead, but alive. There was no sign of sorrow or age. He was alive. I walked to him, and I said, Ragman, here, here are my filthy rags. Dress me, Ragman. Take my filthy rags and dress me, Ragman. And he dressed me. He dressed me, took my rags, and he gave me a garment of righteousness. And all the filthy rags that he had gathered from everyone in the cart now shone new, righteous, and clean. You know this ragman. You know him. Because the ragman, the ragman, the ragman is Christ. And in your hand, you have a rag. Would you look at your rag? Take your rag and look at it. Whatever is on your rag is something different to each one of us. Maybe it's something that you need Jesus to cleanse in your life. Or maybe it's just a broken dream or a broken promise. Maybe it's something you've been praying about for a long time and, and you, have not, you haven't received the answer yet and you get, your faith gets weary. Maybe you need to remember to trust him through it all, through it all. You've learned to trust in Jesus. You've learned to trust in God. Maybe your rag has seen a lot of heartache and you're ready for some good news. You're ready for things to kind of turn around and change a little bit. Maybe there's illness. Maybe there are broken relationships represented in you, on your rag. But today, tonight, I'm going to encourage you to label whatever it is that's on your rag and come and lay your rag on the cross and exchange it for a clean one. A clean one that's not perfect. The edges aren't all so tidy up. There's some loose threads here because we're human and life is like that, isn't it? It has some give to it because you have to be able to bend. Sometimes you're going to feel like this and this <laughs> and this. But you can always have it untied by the Spirit of God. Maybe you're the kind of person that likes to doodle. 
and maybe a date on here when you exchanged your filthy rag for a clean wood and you kept it in your Bible, maybe that would be something that would encourage you and remind you that tonight, here, you brought the rag man, your rag, whatever it has on it in your life that you want to exchange for a new one. I encourage you to do. So we're going to stop for a minute and I'm going to pray. And I want you to take that moment. If you need to do some time alone with the Lord at the altar, take that time. But as I pray, I would encourage you to bring your rag and lay it on the cross and pick up a new one tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your faithfulness to us and your promises to us that you will always meet our need, whatever it is, wherever the need is. And Lord, we're here because you've called us here, and yet we still walk the streets of our town, and our lives still get touched by things that hinder us or hurt us. And Lord, as we look at the rags, and we hear your voice, we feel your spirit reminding us what that represents in our life, we can joyfully and confidently come to you and ask you to have your way in our lives. Whatever the filthy rag represents, Lord, we want to exchange for a new rag of righteousness because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And it is in his glorious name that we pray. Amen. Would you come give us a benediction? The Lord is close. His presence is near, and it's sweet, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord, when I left Eugene, Oregon yesterday, the rain was falling. And it's falling in here right now, too. We're not getting wet, we're getting blessed. We're not getting wet, we're getting encouraged. We're not getting wet, we're getting healed. We're not getting wet, we're getting happy. <laughs> we're not getting wet, we're getting ready. We're getting ready. Oh, Spirit of the living God, guide us, direct us, hold us, and make us what you want us to be. Father, as we go back to class, back to the world that happens outside of these sacred walls. Remind us that we don't go alone. That if we're just aware, we will know that your spirit 
is as close as our heartbeat and as close as our breath, and that you are directing our footsteps. Protect us from the evil one, for he would like to destroy all that you mean to have happen in our lives and in the lives that we will touch. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for letting me come share. Oh my goodness. <laughs>